For years, I've been known as a person that invests in people and small businesses. I do it on television with The Profit, and now I'm doing it right here on this podcast. I'm Marcus Limonis, and every week I'll introduce you to innovative businesses that are looking to expand and improve. We'll find out about their biggest struggles and what's holding them back. I'll provide some feedback, some real-world coaching, and then create a blueprint for their future. Look, sometimes deals are going to happen, and sometimes they're not. You never know who's going to show up or what you're going to hear. This is 100%. There's probably nothing more terrorizing as a child than having to wear glasses because you know what's about to happen when you put them on. You're going to be called bottle cap. You're going to be called four eyes. You're going to be called everything under the sun. And as a kid, I was cross-eyed. Instead of my eye going in, it actually went out. My mother took me to the optometrist and we got these really thick glasses. Now, about four years after wearing glasses, I told her that I wanted to wear contacts. I remember the day that I decided to take my glasses off for good. I said to my mom, I'm not wearing glasses anymore. It's been too traumatic to me. And I threw them out my window into the backyard. There was a lecture, obviously, that came because of the amount of money that it took. And I vowed in that moment to never wear glasses again. Unfortunately, you can't see me but I have glasses on now. So my next guest, quite frankly, knows what it feels like as a mom to deal with kids that don't want to wear glasses. That's why my next entrepreneur went through when her younger daughters needed to wear glasses at just two and three years old. Heidi Hertel says it was a constant battle. They got to look good. They got to feel good. They got to be unbreakable. All of a sudden, once she figured it all out, she decided to take matters into her own hands and created a multi-million dollar business. We love finding entrepreneurs who have a real life problem. And rather than just complaining about it or buying something, they solve it themselves. And Heidi is a perfect example of that. Hi, Heidi. Welcome. Hello. How are you, Marcus? Great to be here. So Heidi, tell us about the business, how it came to be. The whole idea is that we're making buying glasses easier. We started with kids because we thought that's where people were having trouble really getting glasses that fit them properly. And it was my daughters that got me into this whole crazy journey. Olivia started wearing glasses at age three and Charlotte started at two. And it was actually a teacher that tipped me off. Olivia's preschool teacher pulled me aside and suggested I get her eyes checked because it looked like one of her eyes was following a little slower than the other when the whole class looked up at something. And it was because of that that I ended up taking Charlotte to the eye doctor and found out that she had a pretty significant eye issue as well. How did you feel when the teacher told you that there was an eye problem? Embarrassed (laughs) that I missed it. Guilty that my daughter was basically having a problem that I had no idea how to identify and that I really wish I'd caught sooner particularly for Olivia, because at age three, that sounds early, but that means, you know, she'd been seen that way for three years, and I had no clue. She didn't know the difference, I would think. She didn't know the difference. How did you feel when the doctor told you that the kids needed glasses? I cried. I just felt terribly as a parent. I felt like I'd failed her. I knew when to go to the pediatrician. I knew when to get the vaccines. I knew when to go to the dentist. No idea that eye health should have been on my radar as early as six months old. And that was when I really realized I didn't want that to happen to anybody else. And that was when I really started looking up different organizations to work with to get this on more parents' radars because it shouldn't have to happen to anybody. Which organization did you get involved with? 
So I got actually really involved with children's eye health issues. I joined a group called Vision to Learn, which does eye exams and gives glasses to kids in need all across the country. And is that a nonprofit? Yes, it is. And they essentially exist to provide glasses to underserved individuals? Correct, an eye exam, yeah. Wow. So I've loved working with them and in doing so, Basically, after seeing those kids getting fitted with glasses and seeing my own kids going through the struggle of having to buy glasses every so often because they would lose them, they would break them, they would grow out of them. It was just this constant, terrible experience that I knew should be better, not only to get them to the store, they had to sit there, be patient, try things on their faces. What are you looking for in kids' glasses? It was really hard for us to find one pair of glasses that had everything we were looking for, which are really simple things. Basically a style that looked cute on their face because glasses are often the first thing that people see, especially on little faces, in a color that they were excited about because that's important to kids at a price that I was comfortable with. Do me a favor, I don't have kids. Walk me through what the process is like of picking glasses for a two or a three-year-old. So glasses usually come in just one size and that's supposed to fit a range of ages. So a typical frame will fit in kid between the ages of three to seven, or maybe eight and up. And if you think about what those faces look like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, my daughters were 19 months apart and their faces were different enough that they should have needed different frames. How much would you pay for a pair of kids' glasses that you, quite frankly, didn't even like? I was paying upwards of 300 plus dollars for a single pair of glasses, and you're supposed to have two, so you've got the backup. You paid $600 for glasses for your two kids that you didn't even like and didn't even fit their face right? How did you begin your journey to solve that problem? So I started going to Vision Expos. I did some research. I talked to everybody I could. And it turned out there really wasn't any brand out there that was solving glasses the way that I wanted it to be solved. After a few years, I discovered the magic of 3D printing. And then the iPhone 10 came out, which had this true depth camera that could do amazing measurements. And so if you put those two things together, I realized you could have not only a better way to buy glasses, a better way to make glasses, a better way to wear glasses. Wow. And then I found actually a fellow parent at my school whose son Lucas wore glasses. And he had this background coming from Disney and Pixar of building apps <laughs> and making product. And he was the perfect partner basically to start this with. Okay, so I want to have the first lesson for everybody. As I listen to Heidi, as all of us are listening to Heidi, it's really important to keep in mind that when you have an idea, and you tell everybody in your neighborhood you're gonna be a millionaire and you have this idea and you wanna launch it tomorrow and you're focused on what's my company name and what's my website gonna be and what's my logo gonna be. Heidi actually did it the right way. You did it the right way because you said, okay, I gotta study, I gotta research, I gotta investigate, I gotta ask a million questions. It may take me one, two, three years, but I can't launch a business or put capital out there until I really understand everything. Where'd the name Fitz come from? It took us many hundreds of suggestions before we decided on that one. Really, we chose it because it's the most important thing about us, that we fit you properly. We wanted it to be fun, playful. We threw the Z in there. We wanted it to be, you know, fun, but not juvenile. That's so interesting. You didn't see it. Did you think I was a Fitzgibbons or a Fitzpatrick or a Fitz someone? Oh, I thought it was like maybe like an old boyfriend that you had that wore glasses. <laughs> All right, so you have this idea of making tailor-fitted prescription eyeglasses for kids, and it's done with 3D printing? How does that work? So what happens is you download the app, 
you get to see our fun virtual try-on, which is a little bit different from other virtual try-ons because you see how the glasses are going to look specifically on your face, sized for you. And you look through the styles and colors. We have right now seven styles and eight colors, plus our special color of the month. What's the special color this month? It is Arctic Storm. What the hell is that? It's like a cool grayish black. You like that. I do. That's your color. It's sexy. So you basically take a color and you zhuzh it up. Yeah, a little zhuzh. Um, but that's that's what's great about what we're doing is that we can try these things. Wait, wait, hold on. You can't see him. He's sitting here. I don't think it's fair that I don't get to see. Heidi, this is my producer and friend James. Can you wave and say hi to Heidi? Hi, Heidi. Hi. Okay, why were you mocking me because I said zhuzh? You said, said it wrong. You said zhuzh. It's zhuzh. Yeah, I was going to go zhuzh, but I went with your zhuzh. That's okay. First of all, how do you say apple? Apple. Okay, well, some people may say apple. <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> Heidi, I swear. <laughs> Keep going. So you pick some colors. So you pick your favorites, and then we take a couple of photos. And then that takes just, again, a couple seconds, including your pupillary distance measurement, which is important because your eyes be correctly centered in the lens for you to see properly. We take all the information to our facility, which is in Youngstown, Ohio. That's where we make all the glasses back to the Midwest. Everything is made in the USA. So I have to tell you, I want every single person, whether they wear glasses or not, to download the app. And here's why. Because you may not need glasses, so you specifically, but you may know somebody who does. And when I downloaded the app, what I enjoyed about it, it was super interactive. I was taking screenshots, so I would like swipe across the different frames, really easy, super easy to navigate. I think there was six or seven different frame styles. And then every frame style had a respective color guide and you could pick different colors for different frames. And what I loved about it is I went all the way to the right where those big chunky ones were. And I thought they were only for kids, but now you're doing adults? We are. Well, what we found was we always knew that the technology worked for everybody around ages three and up. We started with kids because we thought that's where people were having trouble really getting glasses that fit them properly. It turns out everybody is having trouble, apparently, getting glasses that fit them comfortably and well, especially without having to go to the store. I just want to describe the box for people. It's really responsible packaging. I just want to start with that. It's very responsible packaging. So it's a very small, brown, recycled cardboard box. It's got beautiful, fun print on the outside with fits. And when you open it up and you take the green, very bright, are they all green, by the way, these hard yes. cases? Okay. When you take the glasses and the case out, you see a smiley face. And what I think Heidi and Fitz have done is they've created such a personalized process. And I think anytime a company can personalize anything of any kind, I now have what's called affinity towards the product. And what that does is that raises my level of affinity and it raises the probability of retention. There's a cost of acquisition to get the customer for the first time, particularly digitally, when you're a direct-to-consumer product. And holding on to that customer is really what ultimately determines the profitability of your business because you get what's called a lifetime value. Thank you. Why were there an extra set of arms in my box? That is because what we found was the fit of the glasses is actually a very personal thing. Most people prefer the tumbles that we include in the pair that you take out of the box. Some people like them to fit a little bit looser or a little bit tighter. So we are sending temples there that are printed in slightly different increments, a little bit shorter and a little bit longer than the ones that come in the box themselves. All right, so your website says that the glasses cost $95. Has your business grown nicely over the last couple of years? We're still pretty new. 
And during COVID, we actually have grown because there's been a real need for people to be able to get glasses who didn't want to go shop retail, which is oftentimes closed right now. So we've been a nice solution for that. And it's only direct to consumer, right? It's not distributed anywhere. Currently, yeah, we're direct to consumer. Do you think that'll change at some point? I think if we could find the right partner, it could make a lot of sense. If you work hard to keep up a good credit score, you don't want to lose that by letting your credit card bills rack up. Plus, you deserve a little reward for that, right? Lightstream has lending for low rates if you've got good credit. Be smart and pay off your credit card balances with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 4.98% APR with AutoPay and Excellent Credit. Just for my listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Marcus, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Marcus. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Marcus for more information. I know, I probably sound like a broken record when I say that if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But using outdated financial software can really slow you down and have you fuss in those numbers. Make the switch to NetSuite and you can leave behind all the glitches, delays, and outdated systems of those other guys. NetSuite is the number one cloud-based financial system for businesses of all sizes, with everything you need all in one place. Get increased visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Their automated processes can help you close your books in no time, a lot faster than their competitors. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash Marcus right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash Marcus. netsuite.com slash Marcus. Here's the thing that's interesting. I feel like glasses are face fashion. And it's really important to pick things that are comfortable for you. I would say that I'm a relatively fashionable person, but I wanted to bring on a special guest. He's going to understand fashion more. We did an episode of Hollywood Game Night together, which was really, really fun because we won. And he's one of the original Fab Five on Bravo's groundbreaking Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, okay? He busted a move in a ballroom of ABC's Dancing with the Stars, and he braved the boardroom of The Celebrity Apprentice. So I want to bring in my dear friend, Carson Crasley. Hello, Carson. So nice to meet you. I'm a huge fan. This is such a nice surprise. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled for you. And it sounds like you have a great idea on your hands or a great business. The last time you and I were together, you wore a leopard sweater. Did I? Yeah. When we did Hollywood game night together. Yeah. And we won. You wore this giant leopard sweater. And you know what you said to me? Probably something inappropriate. It wasn't inappropriate, but you said to me, Marcus... Is that the best outfit you could wear here for television? Oh, it was so restrained. It wasn't. What did you want me to wear? Zebra? Maybe. Yeah, that would be cute with my leopard. (laughs) So what we were talking about before you came on, Carson, is how really glasses are face fashion. 
And when Heidi created this company, as she was telling you, it was really born out of this idea that she was solving a problem as an amazing mom. She solved it, and then she spent years creating technology, working with 3D printers, coming up with all these fashion things. And we wanted to get some feedback from you on ways that we can maybe up the fashion level. There used to be a company, I forget, it was like in the 90s, and it said, every face deserves a great frame. And it really, I'm not sure what brand it was, but it really cemented the fact that like, eyeglasses are not utilitarian anymore. And people are even just like, wearing glasses when they don't even need to just to make a fashion statement. So there's definitely even like room for growth, I think, even in just printing glasses for people that don't even need them to see, that just want to make a statement. Do you ever do that? Do you ever wear fake glasses? I do. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> Carson, how important is it for kids to look in the mirror and like what they see? I think, you know, I'm just a firm believer in how we dress and what we put on our bodies and our faces and everything is so impactful for how we feel. And I think for so long, the kids' fashion industry was just like, oh, they're just kids. They're going to go outgrow it. They don't really have a taste level. They don't care. Actually, they do. And you've seen kids' apparel businesses skyrocket because, you know, everyone wants the best for their kids, obviously. Kids, like everybody, when you put something on and it makes you feel better, it empowers you, you're more confident, you have a spring in your step, and you just become invigorated because you feel more confident. I mean, confidence is really the key to everything when it comes to dressing and fashion and how you put yourself together. So I think kids feel that as much as we do. Exactly. Can we talk a little bit about how much revenue the company's doing? We're a private company, so we don't publicly disclose those numbers. Okay, can we at least play a game? Is it less than 100 million? It's less than 100 million. Okay, is it more than zero? Yes. Okay, so we have our answer. <laughs> and how much money have you raised? Have you, are you able to disclose that? I'm not able, I'm sorry. Okay, no, I respect that. I have an idea for you. I think eyeglasses, especially for like the adult market, and I know you started out in kids, but it's also kind of a hassle and I hate waiting for glasses. And even when I go to like a Warby Parker or one of those like kind of quick brands. I still don't like waiting like two weeks or like three weeks or a month to get them. And because your technology is like 3D printing and you kind of make them instantly, couldn't you have kiosks in malls or airports where you could just go up to the machine and have technology and maybe not even have a person there and it slips out your eyeglasses? Dude, you need prescriptions, Carson. Yeah, but I love the way he's thinking. And we actually have talked about in the future, you know, as the technology develops ways to do exactly what you said, places where you forget your glasses. We've had a lot of people order actually on vacation or even from airplanes, realizing that they forgot their eyewear because that's the fastest way to ruin a vacation as, as a parent who's actually experienced that with my own daughter. So yes, we are interested in really showcasing the 3D printing technology so that it's an interesting experience for the customer to be able to see the process happening. Carson, do you want to design some adult glasses with Heidi? Would that be... Please! That would be amazing! Yeah, it sounds amazing. I mean, I love collaborating and I love creating. So yeah, that's always interesting to me. I think that doing fashion as part of it, because really we're talking about, you know, it is a fashion thing, and doing like leopard and plaid and all the different fun things that you could do to customize it to the tastes and the lifestyle of the wearer would be amazing. Okay, listen, let's talk about your children's book. Can we do that for a second? Of course. It's a book for any kid that sometimes feels different. I knew like growing up that there was something different about me 
And it always made me feel like a little bit like I wanted to kind of climb into my shell. And then I have a niece who's now like 20, but when she was growing up, she was really tall and she was like the tallest kid in her class. And that was also like an issue. So I realized that, you know, it's a universal feeling that a lot of kids feel different and awkward and outside of the group for a myriad of reasons. So I just wanted to write this classic kind of ugly duckling book that really tells kids that your difference is actually the thing that can make you great and special and powerful. Well, the reason that it's relevant is as a child, wearing glasses always made me feel awkward. I'm a strange person to begin with. The glasses made that even more awkward. And I know that, Heidi, you talked to me about the fact that a lot of kids really struggle with wearing glasses. They don't want to wear them. So I'd like to do something with both of you that is a little unorthodox, if you don't mind. Are you ready, Carson? Sure. Sock it to me. So Heidi supports an organization called Vision to Learn. Heidi, you want to describe it for Carson? They do mobile eye exams. Basically, they go to schools, they go to boys and girls clubs for kids that have failed the medical screening and get their prescription and give them glasses. Amazing. And do you do anything with them today with your company with glasses? Do you provide them any? We actually had a group of kids from outside of Pittsburgh. We went to their school, fitted them for glasses, helped them pick their frames, and then we brought them to our factory to take a look at the process and then give them the glasses and see them try them on for the first time. Oh, that's great. Carson, can we still get copies of the book? Yeah, I think so. Yes. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to buy 500 pairs of glasses and 500 books so we can deliver the books and the glasses to these young kids who need to know that being different is super, that there isn't anything wrong with it and that they need glasses and they're going to get leadership from Heidi on the glasses side and they're going to get liberated from Carson on the book side and we'll put them in a nice package and we'll deliver it to them. And you guys will maybe put one note, we'll make some photocopies, but I'd love to really support that organization. That's incredible, thank you. Yeah, I would love it, thank you. That's gonna be great. Will you sign one for Heidi and I, Carson? Of course. Oh, thank you. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on. I wanna make sure that we stay connected so we can get the books and the glasses donated to the organization that you support. Carson, stay on. We're going to spend a few minutes. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you so, so much. Carson, do you remember the first time that we met? Yes, it was on the set of RuPaul's Drag Race, and you came to do a special entrepreneurship episode with the gals. I'll just tell you this brief little story. The producer from Rue's show called me and sort of sent me an email and said, it's Rue's birthday and he is absolutely a super fan of The Prophet. Would you be willing to come on and surprise him for his birthday and be part of one of our episodes? And I was floored. It was literally one of the most exciting things I've ever done. And I met Carson in the hallway and I couldn't have felt more welcome. And to be honest with you, I'm socially awkward. If you invited me to a party, I wouldn't go. I get really uncomfortable. And to go into an environment where everybody is very comfortable in their own skin, and I'm not, it was one of those days where I had so much, I had a lot of fear going there. And I'm normally very comfortable on TV, but that particular day, Carson, you, I don't think you'll remember this, but you could tell I was a little bit nervous and you said to me, listen to me. I just want you to have fun. Everybody's here to have fun. This is a special day for Rue. It's not about you. It's about him. (laughs) 
Well, see, socially awkward and socially inappropriate goes well together. Who's the inappropriate one? Me. Okay, good. But we were thrilled to have you there. And I'm so glad you had fun. And I know they would love to have you back anytime. Well, I want to tell you something before I get into our final five questions. I know that you like to have fun and I know that you joke and you always make me feel good. But I do want to tell you that you really have become a role model for a lot of people, including myself, with your positive outlook and the way you look at life. And you're always uplifting people, never tearing people down, finding the good in everybody, getting them to see the good in themselves, getting them to be comfortable with themselves. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so sweet. And I so appreciate it. And yeah, I usually do like kind of downplay it, but my whole thing is just, I know what it's like to not feel comfortable in your own skin and then conquering that. So I just want everyone to just kind of be like, no matter what it is, there's a reason to feel proud and confident about who you are. And we're going to find that. Are you ready for your Fast Five questions? Sure, yeah. This is exciting. It's like a game show. Who was the first president you voted for? Ooh, uh, I guess Clinton. What was the first album you bought as a kid? Xanadu. It was right after the movie came out, and I remember taking it to, like, you know, sixth grade and being so proud. It was like a double album set, and it had pictures of the band and ELO. It was pretty awesome. It was purple. It's an early warning sign. It was my coming out gesture. <laughs> What's the worst thing that you could wear right now? Right now? Oh, gosh. Birkenstocks with socks. Who is your favorite 80s supermodel? I think Christy Turlington. That's an interesting answer. And then the last question, which is the most important question of the entire podcast. You're the king of saying it. What is the correct spelling of the word zhuzh? And what's the correct pronunciation? It is zhuzh, give it a zhuzh. And I learned that from working at Ralph Lauren and talking about like amazing mentors. And he and his brother, Jerry, ran the company and I would get to style some of the runway shows. And they would always say like, let's give that a little zhuzh, you know, zhuzh it up. And I thought it sounded very Eastern European, so I spelled it with a lot of consonants. T-S-Z-U-J. Zhuzh. <laughs> but, is, but is that how it's actually spelled, or is that your version? That's my version, and I think I brought that word to popularity, but I don't know if it's in the dictionary yet. It probably is. Okay, in the dictionary, it's got your face and the spelling. What? In the dictionary that I have in my house. Not Nobody else has it. Mm, and what's the spelling? Z-H-U-Z-H. Zhuzh. I'll accept that. I think Webster actually accepts it, but we need to get some credit there for you. Don't you think like some licensing fee or something? Absolutely. Every time I hear that word, I'm like, wait, can I get a nickel? Anybody? But no. Carson, thank you for coming on, buddy. I love you very much, and I'll see you soon. Likewise. All right. Thanks so much, Marcus. Bye. Bye, buddy. You know, being comfortable in your own skin is something that I always struggled with. As a kid, I knew I was socially awkward, and it wasn't about the glasses. And as I got older, I started embracing the fact that I was different. In fact, I made it sort of my shining star. I wanted to always be different from everybody else, and rather than thinking about myself as awkward or uncomfortable or odd or any of the words you'd use to describe it, I embraced it. And I decided that my differences from people were what made me special, not awkward. See, being different is actually a gift from God, not a curse. And if you embrace it and you wear fun things and you act the way you want to act and you have fun and you're open about it, it makes life easier. And as I started to be on television more and realized that I became a role model for people, I felt the responsibility 
of actually highlighting my awkwardness even more. Because I wanted young kids who watched it to say, hey, if he wears those fun sneakers or wears that fun thing or wears those funny glasses or says funny things, then it's okay for me to be myself. As you end this podcast, I always want you to remember to be yourself no matter what. It doesn't matter if other people love you, but you have to love yourself for other people to understand the benefit of loving you. This is 100%. Thank you for joining our podcast. This podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Marcus Limonis. It's executive produced by Nancy Glass and James Balash. Produced by Joanne Cosro and Andrea D'Ambrosio. Other members of the production team include Andrea Gunning, Ben Fetterman, Lindsay Livingston, Carrie Hartman, Elena Karmazin, Thomas McClellan, Madeline Cole, Samantha Jacobson, and Brittany Vuzo. Edited by Matt Delvecchio and Blake Maples. And the sound mixing is done by Dave Saya. A special shout out to Gotham Studios in New York City, Elliot Lanham at Hidden City Studios, BAM Studios in Chicago, and MIBE Music.